This is the Life Church Podcast. For more messages, to watch our live stream, or to find other events, go to lifechurchnow.org. Good morning, everybody. Everybody doing well? Ready for a football game tonight? Yes. All right. So am I. Um, so, uh, you know, you, you, these commitment cards you have right here, just asking you to hold on to them. If you're ready and you want to put it in the offering plate, that's fine. That's going by. But hold on to them. There'll be ushers in the back at the end of the service as well to collect them. So we'll be talking about that. Just to be clear, today really is a challenge to become a kingdom builder. To, um, and to, when I say that, I mean very specifically to be a financial giver through kingdom builders. Uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm just telling you up front, okay? So, so you know that. So it doesn't look, sound like I was just kind of like talking about something else and then at the end hooked you with, oh yeah, he, he really wants us to give money. Don't worry. You'll, you'll, hear, you'll get to hear about that. But here's the deal. <clears throat> the deal is, is that God is calling us to be that kind of church that is incredibly generous. I'm excited about what God has already done through Kingdom Builders, uh, and what He's what, and I'm anticipating and excited about what He's going to do through Kingdom Builders. If I think about like last year, 2019, and and all that happened, if I had the the project guide in front of me, every single project in the project guide for 2019, that means January through December of 2019, every single project, which was about $246,000 that we had delineated that was going to be given towards missions, towards different projects around the world, some local, uh, different, different projects around, every single one got funded last year through your generosity. Amen. In fact, they didn't, it didn't just get funded. You, the, the, the total amount was 246000 you actually gave above and beyond that. 322000 was actually given last year towards Kingdom Builders. And so, amen, you can clap for that too. And, and here's, here's the deal. We were able to then utilize some of those extra Kingdom Builder funds to, to take on a few other new projects last year. For example, we have a team that's going to El Salvador in a couple of weeks. We've been to El Salvador, the same missions trip that we were in El Salvador last, last, last year in January. And uh, we worked in that, in that clinic. It's called the Good Samaritan Clinic. Uh, missionaries Victor and Lynn Diaz, who, who started the clinic there. Uh, Lynn is a physician, and so she's been serving in El Salvador as a physician, really just meeting amazing needs throughout the community, as well as some of the needs in the church. But um, they've been building this clinic, and so it's been a long process. They've been this for a long time. Last year, we went there. We were able to be a part of it by helping... Uh, basically finish up the, the electrical work that needed to be done in the building. Uh, the clinic is a five-story building. Um, it has like, it goes, it's two levels of basement below and then three stories up. And it's, I remember I was there last, so, at, at last January, you know, I was like, I'm the guy, I'm a man, you know. And so they had these cinder block bricks at street level and they, they needed people to take this huge pile of cinder block bricks move transport from street level down to the backyard so we had to like go down these stairs then down to this level area then there was this like 20 foot drop where we had to then take the bricks down and kind of go down this rickety ladder to take these bricks i'm like yeah i can do that i'm strong you know and I think I did like two trips, and then I'm like, oh, my back, my back, I can't do it now, you know. <laughs> I, I, I figured out, actually, you know what it was? They needed a translator somewhere else, and so I, since I speak Spanish, I'm just like, yeah, I need to go help out over here and do some translating. <laughs> so here's the thing. 
when we were there, we needed an elevator. They have an elevator shaft with no elevator. And so because of your incredible generosity, we were actually able to help fund an elevator, which unfortunately the team going in two weeks will not get to enjoy because it's not installed yet. But eventually, in the future, when we go back to Good Samaritan Clinic, there'll be an elevator you can go up and down on in, in there. So you're able to do that. We were able to give $5,000 towards a church planting project in Turkey. And so just because of your in- incredible generosity, God has done some pretty cool things in our, in our past. And we're convinced that that's what Jesus wants to do through us. We believe that he's the only hope of the world. And we've been commissioned as a church to be on mission for him. In fact, that's what we've done from the very beginning of this church. For the last 14 years, our passion has been to, to preach the gospel until everyone knows Jesus Christ. And as we enter into our 15th year of existence, I feel this urgency of accelerating mission around the world. And that's why we do Kingdom Builders. I read a book a year ago, or a couple years ago, <clears throat> um, by a, a guy named Erwin McManus, who's a pastor in L.A., but um, the subtitle of the book is Save Nothing for the next life. I have, a, I, I, I have this app, um, not app, I'm sorry, it's just my, my uh, screen, screenshot that basically has that, that same image you see up there. It's a Hindu worshiper, and then it says, save nothing for the next life. And every morning, it reminds me that there are people who are lost, people like that that are worshiping other gods, have no connection with the true and living God, and that we are commissioned by God to reach them. God has called us to do something about it. And so, save nothing for the next life. I love that caption. It's my spiritual way of saying YOLO. (laughs) You only live once, right? You need me to say that, right? You only live once. You understand that? I was saying it for the benefit of those of us that are over the age of 40, Okay, YOLO. <laughs> and that's the idea that we, only, we have this one and only life here on earth. That's it. We're going to live for eternity, but this one and only life here on earth that may reach 90 or 100 years of age, but it's, that's all we have here on earth. And what a waste it would be to spend that one and only life here on earth on frivolous things like just trying to take care of us when God's called us to be involved in his, in his kingdom and building his kingdom. And so you've seen these prayer, these project guides. We're just asking you to read through the project guide. You'll see a whole list of different projects that we're supporting from various different categories. I'll talk about that in just a second. But here's what I want you to do is I want you to read through it and prayerfully ask God, God, what do you want me to do to be a part of this? How can I become a kingdom builder? What is it that you want me to do? How much do you want me to financially give towards kingdom builders? Our goal this year is 335000 Now, frankly, um, I'm, we made that goal before we knew 322000 came in. <laughs> so maybe it's, a, it's not a whole lot of faith to go from three twenty two to three thirty five, But I have a suspicion that it's going to be way over 335000 this year. But here's the deal. It's going to take a lot of sacrificial givers to even reach this goal. And so I'm asking you to prayerfully consider being a part of it. Amen? Let me briefly explain the three focuses of kingdom builders, and then I want to share some things that are on my heart concerning 
why it is that we should be a, a kingdom builder. But the first one is global missions. That's the first category of kingdom builders, global missions. See, when you gave your life to Christ, you need to understand something. God puts a global heart inside of you. When you said, Jesus, I give my life to you, he's putting a heart for the world inside of you. You might say, well, Rich, that sounds preachery. It sounds like something a preacher would say. But this is fundamental to the gospel. The whole reason that Jesus came was to rid us of ourselves and for us to be fully surrendered over to him. That we navigate through life prior to Christ, basically caring only about me, about what's important for me and my family and my house and my, and my job and, and my education and, and my kids and my grandparents and my parents. And it's just me, 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 me. Everything's about me. And make them, I get it. I'm in that boat too. I can be a very self-centered person. But Jesus comes into our lives to basically say, you now must die, Rich, and surrender your life completely over to me. And when you do that, when you surrender your, your life over to him, we use the language, we surrender our heart to him, you know what he does? He puts his heart in us. And you need to understand something. His heart is a heart for the world. It's not a heart for just your checkbook and your house and your electrical bill. It's a heart for the entire world. So when we give our lives to Christ, he puts that heart inside of us. In fact, on the day of Pentecost, when the, the first church was all, were all baptized in the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in other tongues. You remember that story in Acts chapter 2? In Acts chapter 1, um, Jesus gives us the reason why he's sending the Holy Spirit. It's to empower you. He's to empower you so that you can become a witness for him. So you can have a heart that's global. You can share the good news of Jesus Christ to all of those around you, whether it's in word or whether it's in action, whether it's in signs and wonders. God wants to use you. A couple of weeks ago, we were in Calcutta, India, and um, <clears throat> went there specifically to kind of look at, watch, to connect with the Remade Center and David and Amy Dingman. You remember the Dingmans? They're missionaries from Calcutta that have come here several times, and, and this church loves them. We love them. We've been supporting them faithfully for, for many years now. But for the last two years, we have significantly given towards the Remade Center, which is a, 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 a business that they started that employs women in these villages. And these women, it's a Muslim village, employ these women in this village. It raises the level. So there's, it's humanitarian in many ways. It's social in many ways. But then these women every day have an opportunity to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's an amazing work that's happening there in this place. David and Amy, Amy, Amy Dingman are just doing an amazing job in Calcutta. It's one of the most populated, one of the most unreached and poorest cities in the world. And that's where they're living. That's where they're serving. I have a video. Take, take a look. <clears throat> 2,000 years ago, Jesus looked at his disciples and he invited them on an adventure of a lifetime. He said, I want you to go into all the world and bring the good news of my name. And that's why we're here. And that's why I'm inviting you to be a part of that as well. Uh, the situation in India is, is difficult for, for many people. Access to clean water, to health care, to uh, basic necessities of life is a, is a luxury for many. You could look all four different directions and you're going to see a different need everywhere. So I feel like when we came, we kind of had to narrow down our focus. What is it that God has asked us to do? 
we've really made it our focus and our desire to see the gospel planted among Muslims who've yet to even hear who Jesus is. We believe in the Great Commission, that God has called us to go, and so we are going. And you are going through Kingdom Builders. You have helped us in this very location build the Remade Center. Lives are being transformed. We're so excited about what God is doing here and what God is doing through us at Life Church. This is something bigger than me. You know, it wasn't something that I would have thought of because I don't know how to sew. When I have ideas like that, I realize that must not be my idea because I would never think of that on my own. Right now, Remade employs almost 100 ladies, and three different locations throughout West Bengal, India, and our vision is to open up more remade centers all throughout West Bengal, India. We take old saris, the dress the Indian ladies wear, and then we remake them into something useful, like a blanket or a bag or a headband or whatever it might be. But then beyond that, we're also having an opportunity to take their lives and put more purpose and add truth into their lives that was never there before, and remake them spiritually, emotionally, mentally. Bring value back to women that maybe was lost. It is that same heartbeat. It doesn't really matter where you're at in the world. I mean, our objective and our goal as followers of Christ is, is the same. You know, it's to take on our communities, speak into the injustices, speak into the practices that need to change, and to breathe life and to bring hope and truth into those places. It's not often we part with that so deeply understands the work that goes on here, but we know that you are walking that with us. It's just like a net that we can fall into and feel safe. And you guys are not just financial partners. I mean, you've come here, you've walked the streets with us, you've, you've eaten the meals with us, you've lived the life with us. I mean, so I feel like it's more than just someone writing a check or giving an offering. You guys are with us heart and soul. You really are partners with us in the gospel. It's not just words that we're bringing to people. It's about the demonstration of the gospel. I mean, it's it's good news, not just for the hereafter, it's, it's good news for the here and now too, and there's forgiveness available for them, and, and that's the good news that's making a difference in this community. There are people all around the world that are lost and disconnected, and they need Jesus Christ. And you and I can be a part of that. In fact, that's why we do Kingdom Builders. Kingdom Builders is your way, my way, to be able to generously give to projects all around the world that are transforming lives. And so my hope is that you will be generous and become a Kingdom Builder this year so that we can see lives being changed all around the world. Amen. I'll tell you what, that, I, I, you know, Many of you know that we spent 10 years of our life in that part of the world in Bangladesh, and which is right next to, to Calcutta, India, same people group. Uh, but the demons, they're just doing an amazing, amazing job of reaching people who are lost and disconnected. And, uh, and you know, they, they, they just wanted me to convey to you, thank you so much for your generosity. He literally, they literally feel this way. Without, our, with, without Life Church's help, they would not be where they are in being able to make an impact in the village that they've been working in. Um, so, you know, Mark 16 commands us to go into all the world and preach the gospel to all of, create, all of creation. And this is why we do what we do. <clears throat> in fact, from the very inception of Life Church, we felt that it was important that mission was on the forefront of what we're doing. And so we decided way back then that no matter what came in, tithes, as the tithes that would come in, that we would take 10% of that and we ourselves, the church itself, would tithe to missions. And so you, 
do that every single time you, when, you, when you become a tither in this church, you just need to know that indirectly, directly and indirectly, you are actually giving to missions as well through your tithe. Because 10% of everything that comes in, every, if you give $10 an offering, one of those is going to go to missions. Every single, every single offering. Because of that, we're able to support over 40 missionaries in 26 different countries around the world. Because of your giving. Also through Kingdom Builders, some of the things, cool things that are happening in Kingdom Builders is that, that we are able to do above and beyond that as well. So we're able to come alongside people like the demons and help purchase a vehicle for them to, to, to drive in Calcutta, India through an organization called Speed the Light. We do, there's humanitarian, humanitarian aid that's offered as well through Kingdom Builders. There's an organization in Greece that this year we're supporting that they take in refugees that are refugees from ISIS and ISIL. You've heard that in the news a lot from Syria. They come into Greece and these people are taking them in and they're, and they're, helping, them, they're helping them with some, some um, government visa, you know, residency kind of issues. But they're also preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ to them. Through kingdom builders, we're able to plant churches all over the place, Turkey and India and many other places around the world. You see, everyone in every nation deserves a chance to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, and this is why we do it. Another focus of kingdom builders is local church expansion. So global missions is one focus. The second focus is local church expansion. You see, Jesus Christ through the local church is the hope of the world. I, I know and I know people personally that met Jesus outside of the context of a church, just like walking down a street and they had an encounter with Jesus Christ. There was a lot of stuff that needed to be filled in for them because they didn't really understand what had happened. But what's really cool is that God has put the church, his bride here on earth, to basically be the witness for him here on earth. Jesus Christ, through the local church, is the hope of the world. Do you realize that that's why you and I exist? That that's why we occupy this building on this little piece of land? Is because we, and this might sound grandiose, but you need to get this in your head. We are the hope of the world because of Jesus Christ in us. That's why we're going to do everything we can to grow. We must grow. Kingdom Builders is committed to funding the growth of the church locally through expanding our own campus, through planting life-giving, spirit-filled churches in other communities, through things like Servolution that we do here and the Thanksgiving giveaway. All of these are ways in which we are growing the local church. It must grow. You know one thing that bugs me more than anything else? And it was harder to say this in the second service because the second service was pretty full. But just look around you right now at some empty chairs. You know what bugs me? Is that empty chair. It bugs me. Now before you kind of think that I've got, you know, that you misunderstand what I'm trying to say here, that, that maybe you interpret what I'm saying as, oh yeah, Rich, he just has this, this goal of having a church that's full because he wants to go around boasting about a full church. It's not it at all. The reason why it bugs me is because I know that that empty chair has a name on it of a person that's not in here right now. That while you're here, hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ, getting to enjoy worship, that there's a person in this community that is broken, that is hurting, that is addicted, that is going through a divorce and doesn't have any hope, feels hopeless. 
It's got their name on it. That's why the church must grow because we have, I don't apologize for us needing to expand our spaces because we must grow. There are people who are lost and disconnected and need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is why we're launching a campus in Cedar Rapids. You might think, well, you look around, you're like, oh, there's a lot of space in here. Why are we launching a campus in Cedar Rapids? Well, because there are people in Cedar Rapids that are not going to come fill that church, this seat, this empty seat. Last year through Kingdom Builders, you were able to give $50,000 towards our Cedar Rapids campus. There's an organization called Church Multiplication Network, CMN, that have believed in what we're doing and believed that, that the need, in fact, Cedar Rapids is kind of a target city in the United States, believe that there's a need in Cedar Rapids, and they've come alongside us and say, hey, we're going to match dollar for dollar the money that you raise. So now we have $100,000 for Cedar Rapids campus in Cedar, to, to launch a campus in Cedar Rapids. This year, we're going to give even more. Amen. Yeah, you can clap for that. That's okay. <laughs> this year, there's even going to be more funding for Cedar Rapids through Kingdom Builders. All of this means that there's an opportunity being created for people to meet Jesus Christ for the very first time. So global missions, local church expansion, and the third focus of Kingdom Builders is future leaders. We have this little statement that we use when we talk about future leaders here, is that we will risk everything for the next generation. Very intentional, the words there, risk. It's not passing, it's not casual. We will do a lot of things that puts us at risk so the next generation will get to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's an organization that we partner with here locally that's doing exactly that. Take a look. One of the things that we want to impress on the young people here, that God has designed them the way they are for a purpose. Traditionally, if you wanted to send your kid to a private school to have them receive a Christ-centered education, um, if you didn't have an extra seven dollars to $10,000 laying around, it may not be an option. So we really see Faith Academy as being able to, to provide another option for families and to break down those barriers. A lot of the families that send their kids to school here live right across the street. They live in this neighborhood. and Really, this is, um, this is right where we want to be. This is a community that has a phenomenal education, but for whatever reason, some of our kids were falling through the cracks. And so we began to recognize that in order to help stop that process, um, we wanted to start with kids at a younger age um, and lay a foundation that would keep them from being just another statistic. Really, our heart is to watch them fall in love with Jesus and also fall in love with learning. And so when we see that start to happen in kids' lives, uh, for me personally, that brings the most joy. One of the, the foundational truths we believe is that God has, has made us who we are and he's placed on each one of us a purpose and a divine calling. Laying that foundation, sowing those seeds is what we do on a daily basis. Thank you guys. All right, Life Church. Hey, thank you guys so much for your generosity and helping us make a Christ-centered education affordable in Iowa City. When you give to the Kingdom Builders, you are making an impact for God's kingdom, not just globally, but also right here in our community. And for that, we are so grateful um, for your generosity. Thanks so much. Amen. Yeah. 
In case you don't know who that person is, that guy's name is Doug Fern, and I've known him the whole time I've been here. What a man of God, a man who uh, heard the call of God to go into, you know, into a neighborhood here in, in, in Iowa City that, you know, wasn't was kind of a neglected neighborhood, underserved neighborhood, and decided, God, you need to use me here, and he, he went all in for that. He didn't, he didn't quit, and he, he could have quit a long time ago, but he didn't. He stayed faithful, and now God's using him in very powerful ways, and Life Church is partnering through Kingdom Builders to, to help him. So, so the three focuses, global missions, local churches, special future leaders, we will, we will risk everything for the next generation. So that's Kingdom Builders. So what does that mean for you and I? I mean, I, I'm not up here just so that you could say, oh, good job, Life Church, and God bless you. Hope it works out next year. <laughs> My hope and goal is that you walk out of here with a broken heart. Say, God, I got to do something. I got to be a part of this. See, no, no one person in this room can make, can make all the difference in the world. It's all of us together. When we come together and say, God, I'll do my part. Holy Spirit, I'll listen to what you're telling me, and I'm going to hear that, and I'm going to respond to what you're telling me. And in my mind, it might seem like a huge amount. It might seem little for another person. But in my mind, God, as I'm responding, I'm being a part of this. And God will use us collectively to build his kingdom around the world. This is a verse that kind of captured me the other day. I was reading through the book of Acts and <clears throat> came up to Acts chapter 20, verse 20. And it captured me because it was Acts 20, verse 20. It's the year 2020. I thought, oh, wow, I wonder, what, I wonder what Paul said in Acts 20.20. I understand that Paul didn't actually write Acts 20.20 when he, when he wrote it. <laughs> but, but the point is, is how we've categorized it. It makes sense to me. So I started reading. This is what it says in the Good News Translation, which I thought was pretty cool. You know that I did not hold back anything. I did not hold back anything that would be of help to you as I preached and taught in public and in your homes. The Apostle Paul here is speaking to the elders of Ephesus, and he says, when I came to you, I went all in. I saved nothing for the next life. I didn't hold back anything. I gave you everything I had. I went all in. I think too often for us, and this is, this is kind of a, an issue of the Western church, and I mean, I'm, I'm a part of the Western church, and I've been a part of this issue as well, that we often because we live somewhat comfortable lives, we often live very tentative lives. And when we're faced with challenges, things that we need to do, things that will make an impact for God's kingdom, and we start thinking it's risky, it's hard, it's costly, it's a sacrifice. The word sacrifice is not a common thing for us, you know, and it's a sacrifice. <clears throat> we shrink back a little bit. We become calculated. We begin to find reasons why we shouldn't do what we need to do. And I believe that God's calling us to not be tentative in our faith, to go all in. That when we get to that point where we feel like we're being challenged and the temptation is to shrink back from the challenge and say, okay, you know, I'm just going to take the low road here, that really what we do instead is we respond by saying, God, I'm going to keep going. I feel the pain, I feel the challenge, but I'm gonna, keep, I'm gonna keep going to see what you have for me. There's a movie that came out many years ago, I think it was in the 90s, it's called Gattaca. How many of you saw Gattaca? Remember Gattaca? Bunch of old people in this room, yeah, yeah. 
Um, it's this futuristic movie back then, of course, but futuristic movie, movie of genetically engineered people that were specifically designed for space travel. That was the, the premise of the whole movie. And so the principal character is a guy named Vince, and he, um, he had not been genetically engineered. He was of lesser, you know, genetic makeup for a human and so he wanted his travel to space. He wanted to, he wanted to be on that spaceship going up, but he couldn't because he just didn't qualify. He was naturally born. His bro- younger brother, though, on the other hand, had been genetically engineered, and he was slated to, you know, to fly to space. And there's a, I can't get into the whole details of the story, but it, essentially Vince was lacking. Vince was less than his brother who had been genetically engineered. Well, there's this moment in the movie where Vince decides to just go all in. To no longer live a tentative life, to no longer you know, live a cautious, uh, calculated life. But instead he says, I'm just going to go all in. His, he and his brother would compete. They would go to this body of water and they would swim out. And then the, the competition was whoever could swim the furthest before they had to turn back, that person who turned back would, would lose. The one who went past would, would win. And so time after time, Vince would, would swim with his brother, and he'd get to this point, to this point of no return. That's how he thought of it. He'd get to this point, and then he started fearing about not being able to make it back to shore. And so what would he, what would he do? He'd, turn, he'd stop swimming, he'd turn back. Time after time after time. So finally, this one moment, he said, that's it. I've had it with, with tentativeness. I've had it with saving anything for the next life. I've, uh, or for, for the swim back, I've had it. I'm going all in. And so they're swimming, and he keeps swimming, and he keeps swimming, and his brother is starting to scream out, hey, Vince, what are you doing? What are you doing? And before long, he, his brother stopped swimming. He turned around and came back. God has called us to go all in with him, to stop living tentative lives, to stop holding back. I realize that as I say that, some of you might feel like, well, man, Rich, if I look at what I have, I, I don't know, I don't, I don't have anything to hold back on. <laughs> That's all I have. And I get that. I've been there. I understand that. I know that feeling. But I think about it further and I realize, yeah, but it reminds me of a story that I've heard. This encounter that Jesus had with this, with this widow in Luke chapter 21. Look what it says in verse 1 through 4. Jesus looked around <clears throat> and saw rich people dropping their gifts in the temple treasury He also saw a very poor widow dropping in two little copper coins. He said, I tell you that this poor widow put in more than all the others. For the others offered their gifts from what they had to spare of their riches. But she, poor as she is, gave all she had to live on. She saved nothing for the next life. She went all in. The temple treasury, as you were entering into the temple, you would go towards the place of worship. You would pass alongside the treasury. And at the treasury, they had these 13 trumpet-shaped receptacles that would come out of the temple, out of the treasury. And the idea was, as you were worshiping, you were going in, and you would pull out your coins, you pull out your money, and you would drop it into the receptacle as a way to worship. Well, it had become, this is normal, you know, you give, you, like we pass a basket, that's how you give here, right? That was a normal activity of, of theirs. 
But the problem is it became this kind of, this thing where people could show off their spirituality. So you were wealthy, maybe you were a religious leader, or you were some lawyer or something, and you would walk in, and you would stand in front of the temple treasury, in front of those trumpets, and you would say, God, Jehovah God, out of the humility of my heart, I offer you everything that I have. And they would drop silver and gold into these things, and it would make this clanging sound going into into the receptacles. On the other hand, you have this woman who all she has is these two little copper coins. You see, these other people were giving not so much to impress God, but to impress people. This little woman, she had nothing to impress people with. She had these little copper coins. You can probably remember them. They've been called a mite, the widow's mite. <clears throat> they, were, they, were called, they were called, they were so thin that they were called the thin ones because they, were, they had been beaten down so thin and they were worth very little that wind could actually blow the, the to- coin around. She throws them into the receptacles. It makes no sound at all as it goes in. But I want you to notice something. Jesus noticed her. Now, Jesus didn't notice her because of how much she gave. He didn't give very much. He noticed her for the heart in which she gave. She gave all that she had, which spoke about the heart. I wonder if in 2020 you will catch the attention of Jesus because of your heart for giving. Our giving oftentimes is measured in quantities and amounts, but really God wants us to give from the heart. And so I challenge you to hold nothing back. Become a kingdom builder. A century ago, there was this uh, band of brave souls. They were known as the one-way missionaries. I don't know if you ever heard of the one-way missionaries. Anybody here ever heard of the one-way missionaries? They were called one-way missionaries because when they would go off to the mission field, this was like a hundred years ago, when they'd go off to the mission field, instead of packing their suitcases, they would, they would get sides fitted for a coffin, and they would pack all their belongings in a coffin. And the idea was is that they were going and never coming back. And so they'd get on these ships, and they'd sail off, wave goodbye to family members and loved ones and everything that they knew this principal idea that they would never come back again. I have a daughter who is in the Air Force, and she's 21, and, and I can't even imagine, <laughs> you know, like, we FaceTime all the time, <laughs> you know? I can't even imagine my daughter at an airport leaving and w- waving to me and saying, Dad, goodbye, I'll never see you again. I can't even imagine that. And this is exactly what these people did. A.W. Milne was one of those who's a missionary. <clears throat> he set sail to an island called the New Hebrides in the South Pacific. Today it's called Vanuatu, the island of Vanuatu. That might not seem like much. Oh, yeah, that, I love island life, but you wouldn't love this island. A.W. <laughs> <clears throat> Milne got on a ship to go to Vanuatu or New Hebrides knowing with full knowledge that every single missionary before him that went to that island, every single one before him, when they landed on the beach, they were instantly killed and beheaded. 
It was a cannibalistic headhunting tribe. And still, he went, got himself sized up for a coffin, still got all his belongings, went through the agony of telling his mother and his father and his siblings, hey, I'm, I'm off to New Hebrides. That humbles me. I can miss church for a cold. <laughs> Fortunately for A.W. Milne, he kept his head. He <laughs> was the first missionary that actually got received by the tribe. He spent 35 years living among them, loved them, cared for them. Um, it was amazing. When he died, they actually buried him in the middle of the village. And there's the epitaph for his, his, his grave. When he came, there was no light. When he left, there was no darkness. Amen. Mark Batterson, in his book, Not Safe, talks about these one-way missionaries, and he kind of challenges us. He says, when did we start believing that God wants to send us to safe places to do easy things? When did we start believing that? That the whole purpose of Christianity is to, is to be safe and do easy things. Jesus didn't die to keep us safe. He died to make us dangerous. Faithfulness is not holding the fort. Faithfulness is storming the gates of hell. The will of God is not an insurance plan. It's a daring plan. The complete surrender of your life to the cause of Christ isn't radical it's normal. What A.W. Milne was doing was not radical. We think it's radical. It wasn't radical. It's normal Christian living. We might think that was 100 years ago. What Zach and Jenny Miller are doing right now in eastern Turkey is not radical. Young family from our church with two little boys. Is it two or three? Make sure. Three. Two boys and a girl. Two boys and a little girl. Young family. In eastern Turkey, where there's all kinds of strongholds and struggles. It's not radical what they're doing. It's absolutely normal. If you think of the kingdom of God the way God thinks of the kingdom of God. So in 2020, I don't want us to hold anything back. I want us to go all in. I don't want us to play it safe. I'm tired of the ordinary life. It's overrated anyways. God calls us to live an extraordinary life. In fact, there's no promise in the Bible for an ordinary life. The only promise is follow me and I'll give you an extraordinary life. That's what God wants to do through us and in us. Amen. So one of the ways that you can do that, the specific call today is to become a kingdom builder. Right? To say, God, I'm all in. I'm going to start giving. And so in this, in this uh, project guide, on the very back, I, say, I have this little thing, stepping into the yes, little, little thing we talk about. What does that mean to step into the yes? For some of you, that means that for the very first time, you're going to start giving to kingdom builders. You're going to make a choice this year. We've been doing this for the last couple of years, and maybe you've been thinking about it, and uh, I don't know, you know, calculating. But maybe this year, God's speaking to your heart right now, saying, God, God's saying, go all in. Save nothing for the next life. Don't hold anything back. 
And so the challenge for you is to start this year. For others of you, you've been giving to Kingdom Builders, but maybe the Lord is calling you to give more. And there might be even some of you that are saying, man, that God's speaking to you, say, go crazy. Go above and beyond. I love hearing stories of God's faithfulness when people say, God, I, I, that's, that's crazy. <laughs> I'm not sure if I can do that. I'm not sure if I should do that. If it seems financially irresponsible. <laughs> I love hearing stories when God comes through in powerful ways. A friend of mine pastors a church, and he was uh, telling me how God had spoke to him about giving $10,000 for, I think it's Kingdom Builders as well, for projects that they have, $10,000 above what he had given the previous year to Kingdom Builders, uh, to, to their projects. And... Um, and so, you know, and he said, the problem was is that the previous year, we had been, we had really stretched. We'd given a lot. And now I feel like the Holy Spirit said, do 10,000 above that, you know? And he was like, I don't know how we're going to do this. You know, he was a little nervous about it. So he went and talked to his wife, and his wife kind of gave him that look like, well, like, well, you, you go ahead and make that decision. I don't want to make that decision, <laughs> you know? But she said, hey, you know what? It's hard. If it's going to happen, God's going to have to provide. We can't do this on our own. We need God's help. And so they made the commitment. They took a commitment card, much like this one, and they filled it out and added the extra $10,000 that they were going to commit to, to their projects. When he, he said that when I turned it in that Sunday, one hour later, one hour, one hour later, he got a phone call from this nonprofit that, uh, <clears throat> that the church had been supporting for many years. Asking him to be to join the board of directors of this nonprofit. It was a non-residential kind of position, but they needed somebody to be a part of the board of directors, and that they would cover his expenses back and forth. I think it was like six trips in a year, and that for his, you know, for the work that he had to do, that they, were in, they wanted to give him a stipend of ten thousand dollars. One hour after he filled out the commitment card. Now, why do I share that with you? Here's the thing. Too often when we start filling out these things and we're saying, okay, God, by faith, I'm going to trust you to do this. We think that we just stepped out into a place where we're all alone. That's all, I'm, I'm doing this all by myself. I don't know how I'm going to make it. But you need to understand something. God knows. God's the one that's prompting you. It's also that same God that says, I'm going to provide for you. Not only am I going to just going to meet the need there, but I'm going to provide above and beyond what you think. So you're not alone in this. So I'm challenging you to become a kingdom, but let's all stand. <clears throat> We're not alone in this. So my question is, what's your next step? Will you become a kingdom builder? Here's a cool thing I just thought I'd share with you as you are thinking, considering, committing. We're going to be receiving this. Ushers will be in the back on the way out. You can drop it in if you've already completed one. We'll also be receiving this through, through the rest of the month. Um, these commitment cards. And so we're asking you to seriously pray and consider giving to Kingdom Builders this year. Um, but here's a cool thing that you would like to know. If you say, say God puts on your heart, I'm going to give $1,000 this year to Kingdom Builders or 5000 If it's $1,000, you need to know something because there's somebody else in our church that said, Rich, God's called me to, to, to go all in, to hold nothing back. They've uh, committed that for every dollar that's given, they're going to match it a dollar. In fact, I didn't do this in previous years, but I'm going to read a text. 
because I got, I texted him, and I said, this is what I, let me find it. I texted him, I said, um, <clears throat> um, so I said, you're amazing, I won't tell you his name, he, he doesn't want his name revealed. On Sunday, I will be announcing the idea of the matching amount. Please let me know the maximum amount so that, if, so that, it's, not, so that it's not fully open. You know, like, like if you go crazy and you say, I'm gonna, we're going to give $500,000 or <laughs> something like that. And I said, blessings, friend. And then he writes back in bold letters. He says, leave it open, brother. Let's see what Abba does. So here's a challenge. Guys, we have an opportunity to do above and beyond for Kingdom Builders this year. And you can be a part of that. So I'm asking you to be generous. I'm asking you to say, God, I'm going to go all in. I'm going to go all in for you. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I just want to thank you, God, for your goodness, your grace, your loving kindness. I thank you, Father, that you are in this place right now. That Holy Spirit, as, as, as short as my words fall, I know that your voice, God, is still pronouncing loud and clear. And that, Holy Spirit, you're speaking right now to every heart in this room. You're inviting us all to be kingdom builders, for all of us to generously give above and beyond our tithes so that we might impact the kingdom of God around the world. Today, Father, we have an opportunity to reach lives around this world that are lost and disconnected. We have an opportunity to see many lives transformed just simply by being obedient to you and saying, God, I will give. I will give. So, Father, will you speak to our hearts, and may we respond in faith and trust in you, Father. In Jesus.